This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a weekly show where we learn what it means to rise above the human condition. We hope the conversation today is just what you need for the week ahead. Transcend Human Podcast. It is December 5th, 2022. How are you doing? Um, how was your weekend? For me, great weekend. Had a lot of fun. Did a lot of fun things. Um, but if if you're like me, you need some downtime. And that's really what, I guess, what regenerates me over the weekend is if if I can get a block of time in there, anywhere from three, four, five, six hours straight, where I just don't have anything scheduled, that really, that really does it for me in terms of rejuvenating me, getting my brain where it needs to be, so that I can then go back into a normal work week. So, didn't really get that. Um, I did have some time in there, but. There was just a lot of things that came up, a lot of things that we did, um, and it, it's a it's a struggle, but it's also a trade off, I guess, because on the one hand, uh, I want this time that I'm talking about, right? I want this free, un, unadulterated time where I can just deconstruct my my week in my head, um, and then reconstruct it um, with all of the things that have been going on in my head and. Uh, ideas that I have and get all that down on paper, um, things like that. And that didn't happen this weekend. Uh, but that's fine because I got to do a lot of fun things, um, including uh, yesterday. Um, my son, I don't know if I've talked about him at all when it comes to snowboarding, but he's really, he's really gotten into snowboarding. He loves it. He wants to do more of it. And so he's been looking for a new board. And, uh, this weekend he found one and he's like, Hey, you want to go with me and look at this board? Um, and so I did that. I went with him. We, we went and met a guy who basically resells used boards cause we're kind of new in the process and he knows he's like, yeah, I should really just get a used board uh, so that I can really, you know, pound on it and really, you know, just get used to what it feels like. And then at some point I can always buy a, I buy new stuff when I get older, but for now, I just want to, you know, keep the process moving, keep learning and all of that. So went there, you know, checked out this board, ended up getting it, brought it home, worked on it a little bit. And it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun spending time with family, um, bonding with my son, stuff like that. So good times, good times. Um, but let's dive in. Minute of transparency this week. Who am I anyway? So do you ever wonder who you are? I don't mean who you are, like who you are as a person, though we often struggle with that um, at times as well. I'm talking more about who you are to others, right? How you're perceived, what, what we give off in terms of our reputation, the things that we offer the world. Maybe it's our career, maybe it's our persona, maybe it's our spirituality or... Uh, how amazing we are as parents. But whatever the case, it's that struggle with identity, right? You ever struggled with that? 
I think we're all supposed to as teenagers, right? There's this process we go through called individuation where we really struggle to figure out who we are away from our, our mom and dad and the things that they taught us. Individuation. Um, but once we get through that, we should be good, right? <laughs> uh, unfortunately not. Uh, I think many of us struggle to figure out why we're here well into our adult years. For me, this kind of showed up pretty quickly. In fact, my sophomore year of college, so I had entered school, I think it was, uh, I had declared architecture as my major, um, but was I was already experiencing a bit of disillusionment with that field of study. I had professors telling me that I was too rigid, that my, my designs were too clean, too antiseptic. I wasn't abstract enough. I wasn't free thinking enough. Uh, I, would, I would look around and I would see other students drawing high-rise buildings with trees sticking out of the windows. Uh, and odd-shaped facets pointing in a myriad of directions. And that just wasn't me. I wanted classic architecture, Greek and Roman architecture, right, with symmetry and the golden ratio and all of these things we learned about in the history of architecture. I wanted very obvious shapes like straight lines, circles, half circles, triangles. Um, but these issues were just the beginning. Uh, I also had a professor enlighten me about the real world, and the unfortunate direction that architecture was taking, uh, that it was getting harder and harder to become registered architects, that most architects were just glorified draftsmen, uh, really just doing the bidding of this newly crowned prince of con the construction world known as the construction manager, that these demigods kind of oversaw large projects, and, and they really just needed an architect to do the working drawings for them. So if this was the case, all of the things I loved about architecture, the creativity, the innovation, the, you know, the name that you would get for yourself if you designed a really cool building, all this stuff was just tossed in the trash. And it was really these construction managers who churned out projects faster and faster to make bigger profits on the work that they were doing. Now, I know that sounds a bit harsh, and I'm sure it's a little, a little bit off, I have no idea if this was actually true, but this is what I was hearing. And this is why I eventually chose to get out of the field for good. To this day, I don't really know how many of my friends stayed with it and how, or, or how many of them jumped ship like I did. However, I did a quick look on Facebook and at least the first three guys that came to mind uh, when I, when I found, found them and, and tried to figure out what they were doing, all of them are working outside of the field. So if that's any indication, um, I think I probably made a pretty good decision back then in, in college. So I switched to sociology with an emphasis in criminal justice. I graduated, I worked for a while, and then I went back to school to get my MSW. I worked in the field of mental health for quite a while. And then at some point, I jumped ship again. Uh, I had been teaching myself how to use technology, right? Computers, uh, software programs. I was doing websites. And I started just doing that stuff for fun. And eventually, because I was doing this on a regular basis in the evenings, um, I eventually got a job doing it full time. And that's what I've been doing now for literally, I don't know, 15, 20 years. But under the surface, I've always had this call to write, to be a writer, 
nonfiction, fiction, blog posts, podcast episodes, you name it, I wanted to write. And this is where I'm at, working in the tech field, but writing and producing a podcast on the side. Will the writing thing ever become the main thing? I don't know. No clue. But it's not stopping me from exploring these things that I feel like I should do. So how about you? What are you doing right now? What is the thing that you love? Or is it just helping you to get by? Uh, Is it what you went to school for? Or is it something else? Because you had the skills or something that you were just able to do. But perhaps the biggest question is this. Are you passionate about it? Today's topic, transcending passion. Section one, passion fruit. Section two, get passionate. And section three, taming your passions. Number one, passion fruit. So what's the first thing you think about when you hear the word passion? Yep, me too. The the passion that's related to love, sex, and romance, right? His passion burned inside of him. She could feel the passion of the moment. They kissed passionately. I probably don't need to go any further. The word passion has been spoken for. We all know that sex sells, and the concept of passion just comes along for the ride. You see this in romance novels, romantic comedies, and even perfume and cologne sales around the holidays. Pretty much every article in Glamour, Vogue, and Cosmo magazine, right? The top 10 ways to keep the passion alive. How to make your man burn for you. Uh, The top five foods that light a fire in the bedroom. Why is it so easy for me to just come up with titles like that off the top of my head? Because the truth hurts, right? There's a reason why we stereotype things. Because over time, the evidence just shows itself to be true. For these magazines, sex sells. Passion sells. But my friends, this isn't the passion that we're going to talk about today. So many of you will probably be signing off now, but that's okay. Because we're going a different direction, a direction that's a bit more practical. So back to the title of this section, why passion fruit? No reason, other than to show that there are many uses for the word passion. In this case, fruit. Number two, get passionate. So the passion we're talking about today isn't as salacious as that. Right? It, it probably won't sell many magazines because it's the passion within us. Right, this Not the passion for a person. It's the passion for a thing or a direction or a cause or a purpose in life. How do you know you're passionate about something? Well, there's no blood test, but here are some indicators that you are passionate about something. First, you think about this thing more than other things. Second, you spend a lot of time doing this thing. And number three, you may spend a lot of money on this thing. So back to the minute of transparency, the whole reason I told you that story was because it documents me trying to find my passion or me wrestling with things that I felt passionate about. Switching majors in college, uh, going back to school to get my MSW, switching careers at age 36 constantly trying new things, writing off and on over time, and ultimately starting the Transcend Human podcast. So why all these changes and directions? 
probably because I was looking for something. I was chasing something. Uh, that old U2 song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, seems to say it best in scenarios like this, right? I would head off in one direction, thinking that it would bring me satisfaction and happiness, fulfillment. And then when I got there, I wasn't satisfied. And I was often not very happy in, as well. So I would turn the boat in a new direction. I would head that way for a while. And on each of these little journeys, I would find some new information or some new piece of me. I would, I would unlock a new level, if you will, experience new things. And all of these things just got added to a giant data bank of life experiences. At this point in time, um, I would describe my life this way. I'm working at a job that pays the bills. I enjoy what I do, but I would still take a vacation day over a work day any day of the week. At the same time, I'm doing something that I feel passionate about, the Trans and Human podcast, and the writing that is required in order to support it. Now, if I, would, if I were to run this through the indicators that we discussed, you'll see that it fits the bill. So first of all, I spend a lot of time thinking about it. In fact, I think about it all the time. Transcend Human has become kind of a filter through which I experience the world these days. Next, I spend a lot of time involved in activities surrounding the podcast. So each week, there's at least an hour or two of research that I do, um, an hour or two, sometimes more, in order to write the content for the episode. And then there's an hour or two that I uh, take in order to record, upload, and publish the episode, as well as the like social media posts and things like that that go along with each episode. So there's a lot of time involved. And then finally, I've spent money on this thing, right? Since January 2000, uh, here's just some of the things that I've purchased for the podcast. So I purchased Squarespace hosting for not only for the podcast, but for the core website. Um, I pay Amazon S3, Amazon storage for my MP3 files. I have four microphones, two sets of headphones, uh, I've got a four-person mobile audio interface, just in case I ever wanted to record at Starbucks or, or on a mountain somewhere in Southern California. Um, I just got a new two-person audio interface uh, for the house, which allows me to do better in-person interviews so that each participant has their own mic and headphones. So yeah, I've spent some money on the podcast. So add it all up, and it seems like I may have found a passion area in my life. Now, some of you may be asking, well, if you're so passionate about it, then why don't you just do it full time? Great question. A question that undoubtedly stems from mantras like this. If somebody will pay you to do the thing you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Ever heard that before? Now, on the surface, that sounds great. Let me say it one more time. If someone will pay you to do the thing you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Awesome, right? And if you believe that you're this person, more power to you. You are an extremely lucky person if you believe that your passion is also your career. But I believe that this is the exception and not the rule. How do I know that? Well, let's just look at writers and see if we can find some answers there. So I listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And for some reason, 
um, I got hooked on writing podcasts, right? So, so I would listen to these episodes produced by writers for writers. And without fail, uh, most of these content creators talked about the transition that they went through from writing as a hobby to writing as a career, basically getting to do the thing they love as their career, right? So you would think that all of them would be bragging, right? And super positive about this new life that they had found, right? No, not much. Actually, most of them weren't as positive as you would expect, right? They talked about moving from getting to write to having to write. They talked about the fact that writer's block was a, a small issue when they were writing for fun, but how it became a massive problem when they were writing to live. They talked about the added pressure that they felt from publishers, um, publishers requiring like, you know, that, that work be done in certain, by certain dates and times. Um, also the pressure to keep writing, to keep producing, right? Uh, signing contracts where it's like, you know, you will write five books in the span of three years, for example. All things that they not only viewed as difficult, but they viewed it as taking away from the passion that they once felt as a writer. So again, if you feel like you're living out your passion as your career and you're not experiencing some of those side effects, then good for you. Don't ever take that for granted because you are in extremely rare air. Okay, now let's look at the other 98% of the world. Now, that's just a random percentage for sure. But I'm just saying, a lot of people aren't passionate about their current job or the career that they find themselves in, right? And yet they aren't people without passion. There's still a passion inside of them wanting badly to get out. Um, our five-year-old foster kiddo uh, has been infatuated with the movie Tangled lately. And in the movie, Rapunzel finds herself in a dive bar with tough, tatted men drinking their afternoon away. Most of these men are missing at least one tooth, if not more. And most of them look like criminals who could snap you like a twig if you looked at them the wrong way. Because of this, the tension in the room grows until Rapunzel hits a nerve. What does she do? She starts talking about her dream. This dream she has to see some lanterns that, that she sees every year on her birthday. And this sets off a musical sequence called I've Got a Dream where each of the men opens up about the dreams that they have inside of them, right? The things that they are passionate about, but they just haven't had the energy to start. It's pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, you should really check that out. You won't regret it. So back to the 98%. Stephen Pressfield describes this population as having shadow careers. And I really love the way Jeff Goins uh, explains it on his podcast. He summarizes it like this. The basic idea is that all of us have a true vocation in life, but most of us settle for something less, a shadow of the true thing. Almost every great writer, artist, or you know, painter at some point had a shadow career, something that they were good at, right? something that paid the bills, but it wasn't their true calling. For example, Ernest Hemingway was a war correspondent. Elizabeth Gilbert was a travel writer for magazines, and Tim Grawl was a marketer 
of other people's books. And this is how the work begins, right? You get a sense that something is missing. So you leave the familiar in search of something else. You chase your calling. You find something that looks a lot like it. It's not exactly what you thought, but it's close enough. Yeah, this is how the work begins, but it is not how it ends. These are all good things, but they are shadows of the truer thing. Now, I believe that this describes the rest of us, right? That 98% I was talking about, or at least part of the 98%. Because I would also be break, I would be okay with uh, breaking the 98% into two camps, right? There's probably a percentage of us who are okay with the way they have things are. People who we may not like our career or our current job, but we don't have any other ideas. So we just deal, right? We just, we just keep living as if things will never change. And then there's a percentage, and this is the camp that I feel like I fall into. There's a percentage who know that they are meant for something else, for something different. Some of us understand this, but just aren't sure what it is. Whereas others know exactly what it is that they're meant to do. And they just struggle with the tension right? That tension of having that passion, but at the same time being involved in the shadow career. Now, Jeff Goins and Stephen Pressfield have a pretty specific target audience, right? They're writing to artists, people who believe that they should be writers, painters, singers, dancers, things like that. And in my case, this is completely true, right? My shadow career is in the tech industry, but my true passion is in content creation, in writing, in podcasting. But it isn't always an art form, right, that people are passionate about. A person could have a shadow career as a chemist, and deep inside they believe that they were created to heal people as a physician. Now that isn't something that you can start doing on the side, uh, unless you want to get thrown in jail. Um, but you could start going back to school on the side, right? And slowly work your way toward that goal. In summary, many people are working to live. And at the same time, they are passionate about something altogether different. Number three, taming your passions. So I couldn't just end the podcast there, right? And tell you, chase your passions, figure out what you love to do and do more of that. If possible, do it all the time. Uh, get someone to pay you to do what you love. Why not? Seems reasonable, right? Seems like a good punchline. Well, there is one other thing that we need to chat about. And it's the fact that just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean that it's something you should do. Doesn't mean that it's a good thing to pursue. I was pretty passionate about alcohol at one point in my life. Uh, Vladimir Putin is pretty passionate about re resurrecting the USSR. And I'm pretty sure Hitler was passionate about ethnic cleansing. My point should be obvious. Our passions fall on a spectrum. On the one end, they can be noble, positive, altruistic. But on the other hand, they can be selfish, sketchy, and downright sinister. So my recommendation is to first determine what it is you're passionate about and then determine what type of passion it is by asking questions like this. 
What are my internal motives? Am I passionate about this for me, for my family, for the money, for notoriety? Does my passion harm anyone? Does my passion make the world a better place? Or does it cause the world to become a little more chaotic? Or you could use the transcend human approach. Does your passion help you and or others rise above the human condition? Does it call you to a higher standard? Does the end result of your passion raise the bar for those around you or lower it? Only then will your passion truly become important, will really come full circle, right? Only then will it provide an exponential return on your investment. So let's just look at two examples and then we'll wrap things up. Number one, let's say you're passionate about making movies, right? Nothing inherently wrong with that passion. But the minute you get into the business, you realize you have decisions to make, right? You can, you can choose to make entertaining movies that make the world a better place. Or you can make movies that literally peddle misinformation and create instability in the world. And of course, there's everything in between. But you get it, right? You have options. Number two, let's say you're passionate about guns. Now, nothing inherently wrong with that either. But the same options exist, right? There's competitive shooting, hunting, teaching gun safety, right? That's the bright side of gun ownership. And then there's the darker side of gun ownership, right? Uh, the people who carry one in order to feel powerful, um, people who are maybe even looking for reasons to pull it out in order to display their dominance over other people, uh, maybe creating fear by promoting conspiracy theories joining militias or other groups where arming yourself uh, for impending doom is literally the goal of everyone in the, in the group. Now, I know some of these issues have nothing to do with guns, right? These are deeper-seated issues that are related to politics or religious ideation. But the interesting thing is that people who are part of these communities often have a love for guns as well, just a slightly darker love for guns than other people. Now, these are just two of many things that, that we can talk about that include passion, right? So how do your passions fall on the spectrum, right? The things that you think about, the things you spend time doing, and the things that you spend a lot of money on, are they making those around you better people? Are they making the world a better place to live in? Or are they only benefiting you? And potentially, are they harming others? Or are they making the world around you just a little more chaotic? Let's land the plane. Uh, this week, I'll keep things simple by asking the following questions. Question number one, what are you passionate about? What is your passion fruit, so to speak? Number two, are you actively pursuing that passion? And if not, what would it look like if you started even this week? Number three. Have you evaluated your passion, right? What is your internal motivation? How does this passion impact you, others, and the world around you? And with that, we are done. I'm so thankful that I get to do this with you each week. Um, it's, it's just a amazing thing to be able to have a platform where you can just get the things in your head out, get them out into the world. 
Um, so I, I hope this has been interesting for you this week. I hope it's something that you've maybe never thought about, and now you are thinking about it. Um, but whatever the case, like I said, it's great to have you with us. And again, I don't do this very often, um, but one of the ways that we get Transcend Human out there is by sharing it, right? Not only word of mouth, sharing it with those around you, your friends, your family, um, but jumping on whatever podcast platform you listen to the, the show on, whether that be Apple or Spotify or whatever, but getting on to your platform and giving Transcend Human a rating or a review, always helpful. Uh, it just, it adds to the visibility within that platform and hopefully more people, you know, will find us and, uh, and join us on the journey. So that's it, everyone. Um, have a great week. And as always, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, head on over to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and navigate to the episode you're looking for. On the website, you'll also find blog posts, podcast series, and other helpful resources to help you navigate the Transcend Human ecosystem. You'll also find links to our social media channels, and as always, if you have questions, feel free to contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.